We are the Narrators 3. Elisa, Lynn, and Cho. And this is Once Upon a Rewatch. Welcome to Once Upon a Rewatch, Season 2, Episode 9, Queen of Hearts. The original air date was December 2nd, 2012. The writers were the Kitsuits. The director is Ralph Haymaker. And the title card is a spouting geyser. We begin our tale in the enchanted forest that was. A hooded man creeps up the steps leading to the cell block inside of the evil Queen Regina's palace. When he is stopped by a guard, a fight ensues. Let's all give a warm welcome back to the fuck ugly noodle hats. The fry guy hats. (laughs) So bad. They're back. We thought that they were gone, but they were not. No. no, they kind of match her her ugly castle with like they, they do match the ugly castle. It's just weird. Yeah, it's weird spikes that don't really go anywhere or serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look like you gave someone only a black crayon and then vaguely described Elsa's castle to them when they had <laughs> never seen it themselves, and they were like, "I don't know." Uh, you said spiky, and you only gave me black to draw with. Again, the ugly egg. Well, in, let it in, let it uh, go in London. Yeah, it's energy efficient, but at what what cost? At what, what cost? cost? Aesthetics. Aesthetics. It does everyone who looks at it psychic damage. <laughs> Just like these helmets. Mm-hmm. It's Regina's secret weapon. They don't actually have to like fight for her. They just do so much psychic damage by being fuck ugly that it defeats most people that go up against her. That's how she got all her power. <laughs> the man prevails against two guards and is revealed to be Captain Hook. He takes keys from one of the guards and opens the door to the nearby cell. Inside the cell is Belle. We see dozens of hash marks on the wall, indicating she has been Regina's prisoner for quite some time. Poor Belle. She has been there for at least a year, maybe two at this point because it's so close to the curse being cast. Five goes into 365 73 times and there definitely looks like there are 73 groups of five hashes or more. Look at me doing math. No, I'm some queer. I can't do math. <laughs> I I mean, neither can I. I should be excused. <laughs> I failed algebra three times. I don't hey, have a degree. Me too. Up top. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> I had to take remedial math courses. <laughs> me too. It's okay. Math is hard. I have to do math every day at work and it's hard. You certainly did not go to college to be doing math. <laughs> No, I did not go to college to be doing math. Uh-uh. Went no. to college to do film studies. I don't do film studies for work, but I do once upon a time studies for fun. Hey. Bell asks Hook if the evil queen sent him to kill her. When Hook replies that he is there to rescue her, Bell asks who he is. Hook simply replies, a friend. Hook further explains that her father is being attacked by Rumpelstiltskin and must be stopped. He asks Belle about a magical weapon that can stop the Dark One. When it becomes apparent that Belle has no knowledge useful to him, Hook knocks her out. This poor woman cannot get a fucking break. He backhands her. How very dare you. Sir. Damn, Hook. That's fucking cold. Fucking cold. You went through all this effort. Just save the lady or at least leave the cell door open and give her a fighting chance. Like, damn. Poor Belle. 
this is poor woman. I know. I just, I'm blaming the Gitsowitz song. I'm just, I am, I'm going to. I I'm not saying like, that like Hook isn't like a fucking pirate, like, and he hasn't like killed people, but like the way that we have seen him act, it doesn't line up with his character. It doesn't line no. up with his character. The way that we, that he has previously treated women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just having him have like a random, like casual act of misogyny out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Like she's not, she's not fighting him. She has no weapons. She's completely unarmed. Like, no, like if he had just been like, oh, well, you're no help to me, and like walked out and locked the cell behind him. Yeah, exactly. That would have been hook. That would have been, been, been like, even if okay. he just like pushed her down the bed so she couldn't, she was kind of like, oh, thrown, you know, like thrown off. I would have been mm-hmm. like, okay, that's fine. Like, you know, like, oh, sucks to be you, you know, throws her back down onto the bed, nice and soft, and then just runs out the door. Whoa, 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 whoa. You yeah. know, but like this was just so out of character. And I'm just like, no. Yeah, like the only character explanation like I could come up with is it's like because this is someone important to Rumpelstiltskin. But even that, I don't think that's in his character. Like he would use her as a tool to get something out of Rumpelstiltskin. I can see that happening. But he's just he he's brutal in this in this moment, and it just doesn't fit up with the killing we've seen so far. Who's an called for? He's an antagonist, but he's not like this. Doesn't cross. Yeah, yeah. He has he has his own like. It's definitely distorted, but he has his own like ideal of chivalry that he has. Yeah, yeah. he has this code, this, which is a very pirate thing. Yeah, like he it's definitely like there's definitely times when you're like, okay, sweetheart, you're not half the gentleman you think you are. <laughs> but he definitely has his own his own sense of chivalry, which just out of nowhere, abusing a woman does not match up with at all. I don't know if we ever get an explanation. I think we do of how Hook even found out about her in the first place. I assume like he heard tales through like Maurice and stuff. You know, you know what I mean? Like he was probably traveling through that area and heard like about like, oh, the girl who sacrificed herself and became the dark one's maid or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. And he was looking like, for hmm, the dark yeah. one, you know. Yeah. Killian raises his hook in preparation to strike the unconscious bell, and as he swings downward, it disappears. The evil queen stands in the doorway of the cell with his hook in her hand. Captain Jones asks for his hook back, but the queen refuses. The queen knows of hook and all about the crocodile he wants to skin. Impressed that hook was able to bypass her defenses, Regina says that while Belle cannot help him, she can. If he helps her first, of course. She invites Hook to share a drink in her sitting room, where she tells him about her plan to unleash the dark curse, and how it will take them to a new land, a land without magic. There, Hook will be able to kill Rumpelstiltskin with ease, but first he must kill the one person who may stand in her way. Her mother! Dun dun dun. Dun, dun, dun. In Storybrooke, Regina and Mr. Gold anxiously wait for David's awakening from the sleeping curse. Regina says that he will not wake up until Mary Margaret returns to Storybrooke to kiss him. Mr. Gold seems pessimistic about her return and is unsure if David was able to deliver the message. He says that Cora may be the one who manages to get through the portal into Storybrooke and they must stop her. Regina says that Emma and Mary Margaret still could come through, but Mr. Gold says that If they didn't, it would still be a win for Regina, as she would, again, be Henry's only mother. 
Regina says that she has been trying to be a better mother to Henry and regain his trust. Mr. Gold replies by saying she won't be a better anything if Cora manages to come through the portal. And Regina is just like, damn, Gold, I am trying so hard to be good. Please stop tempting me to do a murder. I mean, murking is a lot of fun and she got really used to it. (laughs) (laughs) But she has a son with puppy dog eyes. Oh, no. He's such a good boy. He He really doesn't like it when she runs fades on people. (laughs) No, it really bums him out. Makes him sad. In the present day Enchanted Forest, Mulan, Princess Aurora, Mary Margaret, and Emma search through Rumpelstiltskin's cell. Mary Margaret tells Emma it was the place where Rumpelstiltskin told them she was to be the savior, much to Emma's surprise. Poor Emma's like, that's a hell of a thing to lay on a baby. (laughs) As they are looking for the squid ink, Aurora finds a scroll left by Rumpelstiltskin, intended for Emma. She is handed the scroll and sees her name written over and over and over again. Well, that's not creepy at all. Yeah, it's just creepy as fuck, dude. Mm. No, her face is so perfectly the equivalent of saying, well, fuck, without actually saying it because this show was on primetime ABC. Her face is like really just a titch away from like Wendy finding all work and no play make Jack a dull boy over and over again. Yeah. I was thinking, um, you still hear the lambs, Clarice. You know, it's very Basically. Like, it's like, oh, shit. I should go. We're in a Hannibal episode, guys. We are. We always are. It always comes back to Hannibal. Mm -hmm. It always comes back to Hannibal. Hannibal. Remember Hannibal. (laughs) Song's supposed to be about Hannibal. Song's about supposed to be about Hannibal. Aren't you excited for you know when we get to season nine and we go to the Hannibal (laughs) verse? I mean, I didn't watch that far. We might. (laughs) If that's season nine, then what the hell? Season eight. (laughs) Uh, Season eight is. Dexter. Oh, God. <laughs> it was a weird mix, mix up of Dexter, Supernatural, and Scooby Doo. We don't really talk about season eight. It just really confused everyone. Yeah. Do you mean season seven? Because there is no season eight. That's what I'm oh, saying. You skip, you skip to nine, and I'm like, it stops at season seven. So yeah, then we, were, we, was, we were goofing, Joe. We were making a, making a fun. No, I was making a fun. Okay, shut up. <laughs> It is the void. Embrace the void. It's the void. Yes, Okay, that makes sense. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, Henry reads his storybook to a sleeping David, and it's the sweetest thing, and Henry is a good, good boy. The sweetest. Regina then walks in, telling Henry that this time, Mary Margaret will be the one to wake up David. Regina then tells Henry to watch over David while her and Mr. Gold prepare for the arrival of Emma and Mary Margaret. Henry is touched by his mother's helpfulness, as she reminds him that she made a promise to do better, and that she will do everything in her power to see that Emma and Mary Margaret come home safely. Wow, he says, you really have changed. Later, Mr. Gold and Regina are down in the mines, where the diamonds were found. Regina shines a flashlight up at them, revealing a ton of sparkling diamonds. She is surprised when Mr. Gold says that they need the use of all the diamonds. When asked how, Mr. Gold pulls out a fairy godmother's wand, telling Regina it's from a dead fairy that no one mourns. He then points the wand up towards the diamonds, and the wand absorbs the fairy dust into itself and glows. 
So I'm going to assume that the one belonged to the gold fairy, since we saw him steal that back in The Price of Gold in, a, in season one. Also, if no one misses her, I then also want to assume the assassination was sanctioned and maybe even a hired hit by the blue fairy, question mark. Surely she would be upset and mourning the gold fairy otherwise. I wonder if there was a power struggle. I don't know. We'll never know. But add that to my list of questions I'd bombard the Kitsowitz with if I was having tea with them. I mean, my assumption was that it belonged to the gold fairy, but like, rude, my guy. She was the best dressed fairy, and for that, I mourn her. Mm-hmm. I, I mourn her too. She was cool. I liked her. She was the only fairy that had a good outfit. Yeah. And we should pour one out for her. We do. We'll always pour one out for the gold fairy. Mm-hmm. We knew her for two seconds. We like her the best. We yep. do. I, I do think the wand is a different one than the one he took from a gold fairy, though, because I think the gold fairy's wand was fancier, although I didn't look up screenshots to check. So it's just that just implies that he's been murdering more fairies than we have accounting for then. Yeah, that's that's the thing is that I do have a theory on who's it's supposed to be, but it's a spoiler. So that's all I'm saying about that. I feel like that gold fairy was was well beloved and definitely mourned. I don't know, man. She she was she was strong. She had a strong presence, and because she was a fairy godmother, that means that she was of equal power to the blue fairy, or at least close to it. Because it seems like when you're you're promoted to be fairy godmother, that's like a, a it's a really big super promotion. Yeah, in responsibility and power. Because remember, that was Nova's ultimate goal. goal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Blue kept her down, you know. So I don't know if Blue, like, saw the gold as, like, her rival, like, in their little fairy conglomerate mm. or whatever. But again, we'll never know because they totally bitched out on having the Blue Fairy be a big bad. Which I, I feel like this points to. Again, this is, like, another, like, little bit of evidence that suggests that. Mysteries. That's what fandom is for, though. So, <laughs> cheers to that. Filling in the blanks that lazy writing leaves behind. Mm. Yay. Why does bad canon happen to good characters? I don't know, but I point just never fucking know. up above to hook backhanding Belle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, casual misogyny 101. Yeah. And then going in to kill her as yes. she is unconscious. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. the fact that like he doesn't stop at that, like that if Regina hadn't showed up, he was just going to be like, all right, time to die. And it's like, what? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I mean, and I guess, I guess you could argue revenge, but yeah, Stillskin already thinks Bell is dead at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so I, I it was... wouldn't have actually gotten anyone anything if he had actually killed her because Rumpelstiltskin's already been told by Regina that Bell is dead. Yeah, I mean, like, the, like the only way I could stretch this is that like he would have killed Bell and like left her at the Dark Castle steps or whatever. Yeah, and that just it doesn't seem hook that's yeah that's still not his speed no like his speed would still be to like kidnap her and use her as bait to get yeah. to like the whole thing kill yeah the whole thing just doesn't fucking make any sense no. it does not check out with his character Mm-mm. Mm-mm. back in the enchanted forest that was the evil queen has just enchanted captain hook's hook so that it will be able to take one heart Mm, okay now i know how he got aurora's heart i had the same moment i turned to lynn i was like oh hey that's how he did it yeah because i I mean that that you know that was like my only issue with last episode i was like how the fuck can he take a heart what 
Magic. Magic. He'd been hanging on to that for like 30 years. <laughs> but it was like Good a sleep for 28 of it, so. That's true. <laughs> she then shows him the body of Claude, a man Hook killed in the cell block, and tells him he will be traveling with him. I love this exchange. Regina is like, you remember Claude, like all chipper. And Hook is like utterly baffled. He just shrugs and he's like, no. <laughs> and Regina gets like offended. And is like, you killed him in the cell block. Like, I assume Regina is kind of like Debbie Jelinski from Adam's Family Values. Like that is exactly how she delivered that line. Like, you know, kind of like in that scene where she's partying with the sailors in the bar, like she would never call them her friends, but probably they all like drink together and have a few laughs on slow nights, like with her and like her weird fry guy noodle head, you know, <laughs> um, soldiers and stuff. You know, they play bridge, you know, curse Snow White over whiskey and, and bingo and shit. I don't know. You know, like these are her only like kind of friends. <laughs> so it, is, it is really hilarious. Like Regina's done all these terrible things, but she's like, how could you not know his name? What are you, a monster? <laughs> yeah, I, I love, like, this scene, like, lives rent-free in my brain. Certainly like, this guard gave him his name before the murdering happened. <laughs> like, mid-fight, he was all well, like, hey, how's only, it going? By the way, I'm Claude. Who are you? I haven't seen you. Well, not before. only that, but, like, if he was wearing the fucking helmet, there is no way in hell Hook would have yeah. seen his face. No, he has, like, <laughs> a hood over anyone. his face. Yeah, so good. I do love that Regina knows the names of all of her, like, retinue, you know? It's very good. It's very good. It's a very nice touch. Funny. It is. It's 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 a quirky little little point that I uh that like I it, that endears every me. Every once in a while, they need to just throw in a thing and be like, "Hey, remember the Regina's actually just really weird." Yeah, <laughs> this is a great Regina episode. I feel like this was a great one for Lana to act in. Mm-hmm. She gets she, real... yeah. She acts her pants off in this yeah, episode. She's so good. Yeah. Hook is confused as to where this is going. Much like this episode. No, <laughs> i'm sorry i just had to throw that in no it's it's okay it's warranted you're not wrong (laughs) but regina explains that if chu travel chu must return he will travel to wonderland with claude's corpse and return with the corpse of cora she takes jefferson's hat out and lays it down when hook asks how he will find her regina assures him that he will have no trouble she then spins the hat opening a portal to wonderland Bitch, how did you get that hat? Also, I am sad that this hat has been featured in this show more times than Sebastian Stan. I assume she pilfered it when she left him in Wonderland to die, but I could be wrong. Yeah, this is after the hat trick flashbacks. So she definitely has the hat because she has already ditched poor hot boy Jefferson in Wonderland. GTFO, Regina. Get our Jefferson back. She, She did with his hat. Yeah, he's just be there being a sad dad, going very mad. Having very really, mad. really bad pictures drawn of him. Yeah. yeah. Wait, okay, so her curse only affected the Enchanted Forest. It did not affect Wonderland. No. Yeah. So then how the hell was he pulled back? That is a mystery. I'm assuming because of the hat. Yeah, I mean, she could have told him. I don't think they explain it. Maybe so we're going off that. There's a couple people that shouldn't be in Storybrooke. Like who? Doctor Wales from somewhere else too. He's from the the land yeah. of color. Neither neither him or Jefferson should be in Storybrooke. Yeah. You know what? Okay, now that you mentioned that, that actually makes sense now because she probably corked the curse to bring both of those assholes because she needed because she needed, she needed them. them. She had a use for them. 
she needed them. She needed Dr. Whale or, or she needed uh, Mr. Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein to bring back Daniel eventually. Because no one else, no one else from those realms. I don't, I don't even think it was that. I think it was just petty revenge for being a fantasy trio of fuck boys and fucking with her. That's kind of fair, actually. That's, that is very fair. I can't say that I wouldn't do the same given that power. Yeah. 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 She's, she's like, hey, wouldn't it be fun? Because I mean, remember, she gave Jefferson his, all his memories. Like he, he's, yes. He's the only one other than he got a special kind of of he got a special kind of punishment. Yeah. And we're not even like certain he probably was trapped in his house. That was the implication was that the implication is that he was trapped in his house until he had like so that sounds like he had something special cooked up just for him because like Mm -hmm. there all these other people got pulled over here, but they were able to mill around the whole damn town without having any issue. Jefferson was the only one that until Emma showed up was confined to his house in his house alone. Right. That's probably because of his role in the lack of Daniel's resurrection. Yeah. 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 And then she brought Dr. Whale over because the potential of... Because uh, that was his whole deal was, oh, I can bring people back from the dead. And then he failed miserably. And so now he must well, be punished. Well, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but he kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I have, actually. <laughs> it's like, this might this might have escaped everyone's notice. So I don't want to, you know, freak you guys out or anything. But uh, he kind of sucks. You don't <laughs> say. I hate to break say. it to you. Yeah, I, I hate to be the one to have to tell you this. <laughs> In Wonderland, Hook is stopped by the Queen of Hearts guards. They drag him to be questioned by the Queen. She sits above her courtiers and asks why Hook has traveled to Wonderland. She does this questioning by whispering her remarks to her knave who relays them. Hook admits that he is in search of a woman named Cora. The Queen of Hearts is furious at this and lowers the mask she holds in front of her face, revealing herself as Cora. But she says here in Wonderland, she is referred to as your majesty. She then tells her subjects to leave them. Everyone runs out, leaving just Hook and Cora. She begins questioning him, and he tells her his name is Hook. As the two get closer, Hook tries to rip out her heart with his enchanted hook. There's only the squelch of flesh and and emptiness. Cora laughs at this attempt and tells him that she does not keep her heart where everyone else does. Then she reaches into his chest and squeezes his heart until he tells her who sent him here. After he tells her it was Regina, Cora is hurt by this and continues to squeeze his heart. And after you were such a good mother to her. (laughs) Kids these days just have no respect. (laughs) I know. I'm like, how is she surprised? Like, she's so hurt. She's like, but not, no, my my baby. (laughs) You are here because she pushed you through a mirror because you ruined her life, ma'am. I'm like, what are you, new? (laughs) (laughs) I know she's all, oh, color me so surprised (laughs) just like she's trying to finish the job jeez cora (laughs) you know for a smart woman you're kind of a dumbass sometimes (laughs) i i wonder if like no no because like she she was pushed backwards right yeah did she think that she got pulled into like a vortex or something in that mirror and that it wasn't Regina? She was like, surely it was not Regina shoving me through the mirror. Some magic struck up and took me here. Yeah, I think not it's my just, sweet, innocent baby girl. She'd never. I think it's just that thing where she's like, what? Someone could hate me. Someone wants me dead. No, I'm only after her ever best. 
doesn't adore me it's fine yeah especially regina who i've been the best mother ever (laughs) exactly she's the queen now because of me i look at it i'm the queen here and now we're both queens and it's wonderful (laughs) i've done nothing but been sweet and dote on her her entire life and give her everything she wanted and lots of kisses and puppies i have done nothing wrong in my life ever (laughs) i have done nothing wrong in my life ever i know sweet you know the son i love you yeah i'm not gonna say that <laughs> i don't know who would say that the core uh mr henry here well, yeah probably that was probably their whole relationship money. honestly yeah, because money. money please that's that was their whole relationship <laughs> i know sweetheart and he does the same to <laughs> regina too mm-hmm. i know sweetheart and then he gives them both money yeah <laughs> cora then states you're now going to tell me everything and do exactly what i want because when you hold a heart, you control it. You have the power. In the present day Enchanted Forest, the four women continue to search for the squid ink. Mulan finds the container that held the squid ink, but it is empty. Aurora then throws a rock, causing the cell bars to fall down on them, caging them in the cell. Cora then appears and tells them that Aurora has been helping her, summoning the compass from Emma's hand. The group confronts Aurora for betraying them, but Cora shows them the heart, telling them that she was under her control. Hook steps forward and tells Emma that he was the one to take the heart. Cora walks away with the compass in one hand and Aurora's heart in the other, on her way to find Storybrooke. Before they leave the prison, Emma pleads with Hook not to do this as she needs to reunite with her son. Hook scoffs and tells her that she should have thought of that before she abandoned him on the beanstalk. Emma tells him that he would have done the same, but Hook earnestly denies this. Emma's like, oh shit, am I the asshole? (laughs) It's okay. It's okay, Emma. It's okay. Because Killian does not have a leg to stand on right now. Because like us as the audience did just see him backhand a woman who he was in a position to save just because she didn't have useful info for him and then just recently he ripped out aurora's heart so i love you killian but at this time you are the opposite of trustworthy yeah so reddit agrees you are not the asshole reddit agrees emma is not the asshole (laughs) there might have been a few like both the assholes but (laughs) i think you're both the asshole (laughs) Mm. but but i in this in this circumstance with this information I, I think Emma's Emma's radar was right and, and she made probably the right move at this time. Then again, he's very OCC in this episode, so I don't know. I don't it's true. Know. Hook is not very hook in this episode. He's not very hook in this episode. Which we'll get into later. Cause even with his like flirty charmingness, like he just comes off as sleazy in this episode when he tries to be flirty. It was yeah. very different. It like it's painful than um, Tallahassee. Yeah. Cause like, he's always, you know, like we've discussed in any time he's shown up, like the man is always on, mm-hmm. which is why like in the last episode, there was the scene with Cora and we were like, I mean, I know these two don't have a thing, but like this scene still feels pornographic just cause these two were just on. Yeah. Yeah. But like, there's always like a charm to it yeah there's no charm in his fight his he just fight he just comes off as slimy in he this episode crude. yeah 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 it's You're just it's like dude ew bro gross yeah, i agree i thought the same thing i was just like he's always you know he's he is always a horn dog with his language but i feel like this one was written by someone who like watched the other episodes and then was just like oh yeah i 
I know how he talks. Here we go. And then you read it and you're like, ew, that's different though. <laughs> different though. It's not quite charming. Yeah. No. I feel like this one just needed, needed another pass from the pass on the writers. Shouldn't say it's a bad episode. Well, we'll go into it more. It's a very mixed one. Hook then shows Emma the magic bean that the giant kept and compares her to it, saying that she too is dried up and useless. He then leaves with Cora. Damn, Hook. What the fuck? Cold. He's just really a cock cold. wagon in this episode. He's a cock wagon in this episode. Yeah. Like, sir. Dried up and useless? Like, again, misogynistic wording. Yeah. Like, look, none of us are saying he's the best person in the world. He isn't. No, he's but, a pirate. But yeah, he's a pirate. But also, I watched this episode and I'm like, um, excuse me, Killian Jones would never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would never. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at something right now. I'm looking at something right now. Tallahassee was written by women. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot more sense. And that's like our big, honestly, like our, our first present day hook episode, right? Like the one we really get to know him. And I feel like this was written and then this was kind of like the blueprint for, for Hook, right? Mm-hmm. And then other folks were like, oh, I understand his character. And then they're like, no, that's... <laughs> you clearly don't. You clearly don't because it's like this this pirate flirtation that like would, ap- would appeal to women and that coming from a male perspective, they're like, oh, he's just... This is this is how he is, and you're like, oh, no, that's not quite it. You don't quite have it. No, you just wrote this as like gross locker room bragging, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's not your once upon a time audience. No, yeah. that's not what the Oncers want. Mm-mm. Not the Killing Me want. No, no. That's why I sound by my offended Killian Jones would never, never. He would never. In the Storybrooke mines, Ruby runs into the mines to join a stunned Leroy. Together, they look up in horror as they see all the diamonds are gone. Meanwhile, Henry reads his book to his sleeping David before Ruby and the seven dwarfs walk in. After they tell him about the missing diamonds, he realizes that Regina lied to him. The group decides the only way to help Emma and Mary Margaret is by finding Rumpelstiltskin and Regina and stopping them. In the present day Enchanted Forest, Emma tries to break out of the cell using her sword. But Mary Margaret tells her that it is useless. Aurora, Mulan, and Emma play the self-blame game, with Emma noting that although she is the savior, she hasn't done much saving, and that the only reason she broke the curse was because Mr. Gold wanted her to. I am not the savior. I'm not powerful. I'm a name on a piece of paper. I'm a pawn. She then hands the scroll with her name on it to Mary Margaret. Meanwhile, Cora and Hook are guided by the compass to a dried-up Lake Nostros. The lake can restore the magic of the wardrobe ashes. Though the lake is a dry bed, Cora uses her magic to create a geyser, which shoots water up into the air, refilling the lake. I love the glare Cora gives Hook when he sasses her about the lake bed being dry. Like, fuck you, where have you been? I'm goddamn magic. (laughs) I feel like she gives him that look a lot because that was like pretty similar to like the beginning of the last episode where he was like, but you need me. And she was like, (laughs) bitch, please. This makes me sad though, because like if Charming and Lancelot had just had like shovels or like heavy equipment, maybe they could have <laughs> broken through to the water and saved Charming's mama. And I'm still heavy sad equipment? about Lady I'm sorry. Do you think they somehow would be able to get a backhoe and enchanted, I mean, dump like an enchanted, enchanted dump truck? Backhoe. That's what they're called. Backhoe. Enchanted backhoe. backhoe. Enchanted backhoe. 
and magic shovels. Yeah. I'll say lots of <laughs> lots of lots of backhoes in the land that the enchanted land that was were there. You know what? If Regina can have those 80 stretch velvet dresses, we can have <laughs> enchanted backhoes. That's true. If they have the science to make fucking stretch velour, they can have a backhoe. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Wonderland's past, Cora continues to interrogate Hook. She tells him that Regina should have been the one to come and kill her. Yeah, but she busy. <laughs> Listen, Regina has a very long to-do list, and she has to delegate some tasks. Plus, she already grabbed her dad from Wonderland, so there's no way she's turning the car around. <laughs> yeah. She then releases her grip on Hook's heart. Hook thanks her for her uncharacteristic mercy on him. She says this is not mercy, but a choice. Cora offers him the choice to travel back to the Enchanted Forest with her. Hook is confused and asks her why. Cora tells him that the curse will erase all his memory, so he will not be able to remember his feud with Rumpelstiltskin. Cora asks Hook to bring her close to her daughter, so she can rip her heart out. In exchange, Hook is guaranteed to kill Rumpelstiltskin and remember every single moment. We then jump ahead when Hook brings Cora's body back to Regina, who is convinced that she is dead as her body lay in an uncovered tomb. Hook leaves the room so Regina can say goodbye to her mother. She then apologizes to Cora, thanking her for making her the person she has become. Regina recalls that when her mother killed Daniel and told her that love is weakness. She then confesses that the reason she wanted her mother dead was because Cora was her weakness. She then places a red rose on Cora and leaves the room to enact the dark curse. Lana acted the shit out of this scene, and it's so tender and sad because despite all of the abuse that Cora heaped on Regina, Regina still loves her mother. And that, like, it's so real, and it just breaks my heart. Lana is so good in this one. Like, she really kills it in this episode. Hook walks towards the open coffin from behind the vault of hearts, asking why she didn't kill Regina. Cora tells Hook that she has changed her mind but that they must protect themselves from the impending curse. Later, as the curse storms through the land, Cora plunges a staff into the ground, causing magic to be propelled into the sky. This creates a shield over a small island and a tiny corner of the enchanted forest. The curse settles overhead, but it does not engulf them. Everyone in this corner of the land will be frozen until the savior comes. Cora tells Hook that in 28 years, the savior will come and Regina will have lost everything and thus need her mother again. They will remain frozen until then, when Cora will reconcile with her daughter and Hook will get his revenge. This family feud is involving way too many goddamn people. <laughs> yeah. 
Also, this is like some prime manipulator shit with Cora wanting to wait until Regina is at her lowest to try and reconcile. And like, of course, like try to control her again. And yeah, this behavior absolutely checks out for the Cora we've, we've seen I so far. I was gonna say, I'm sorry. Did you miss the part where she's the fucking worst? She is. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's like, it's text, it's textbook manipulator. So, you know, important message, guys. Don't fuck with people like this. Yeah. Just walk away. Shove them through a mirror the first chance you get. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. In Storybrook, Regina and Mr. Gold walk through the woods towards the Storybrook wishing well. Mr. Gold is certain that it will become the portal because it's where lost things are returned. The two peer into the well and view the well's swirling waters. He assures Regina that Emma and Mary Margaret will not be the ones to come through the portal. In the present Enchanted Forest, Emma and Mary Margaret sit in the cell staring at the scroll. Mary Margaret then stands up for calling when she was a little girl. She would sneak into Cora's chambers and watch her practice magic by blowing the words out of her spell book. Mary Margaret blows on the page and the ink flies off the page, creating a hole in the bars of the cell because the scroll was written in squid ink. Snow is such a smart cookie. I love her. See, Rumpelstiltskin knew what he was doing. He is a clever creeper. But still a creeper. Oh, yeah. Still a creeper. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm not denying that. He could have just been like, please don't want this and escape. Yeah, he didn't need to be all Jack Torrance about it, okay? (laughs) (laughs) He could have just been like, squid ink on this. Be sure to activate it. No, there was a reason why he wrote down Emma's name like a bajillion times. He explained it. We'll get to that part. I was like, okay, because I don't remember. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Mary Margaret then turns to Emma and tells her that good always wins. Aurora does not want to go knowing that Cora can control her with her heart. Mulan promises to get it back for her and ties her to the cell. They wish each other good luck and leave to find Cora. Oh no, these gays. Oh no. Aurora is very noble and brave and I admire her a lot. Also, Mulan is very worried to leave her wife. I know, and Mulan's like, I'm not leaving without you. And her face is just, oh, it really gets me. I love these two. I love these two so much. So like, I looked on Jamie Chung's Wikipedia, right? And like, I, I, I was flabbergasted to find out that she like, it was like a reality TV star or yes, something like, yes, she's from, like she the was. real she was world. From the real world. That was her, her start. And I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> like, you are so good. Yeah, she's great. And then I was even more flabbergasted to find out she is straight as an arrow. <laughs> I'm just like, really? You Acting. Mean, that's, that's, I know. That's, I'm like, that's even more doubly impressive. <laughs> I mean, if Neil Patrick Harris can convincingly pretend to be in love with a woman, I believed and loved it in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was so angry at the ending, which is something that we don't need to get into. But I very much believed in him and Robin, and that man is as gay as they come. This is true. This scene in particular is such a, such a good scene by Jamie Chung. She does wonderful. Meanwhile, back at Lake Nostros, the geyser opened by Cora continues to shoot into the air until a small body of water is formed. She hands the wardrobe ashes to Hook, and he sprinkles them into the water, creating a swirling portal. Cora then remarks that she is looking forward to seeing her daughter. Ma'am, the feeling is not mutual. In Storybrook, Regina and Mr. Gold step away from the well. 
Mr. Gold lifts the wand into the air, causing dark storm clouds to form in the sky. A blast of green lightning shoots into the well, which causes the well to become dangerous. Zaps of lightning spark around it. Mr. Gold smirks while telling Regina that no one could survive it. In the present day Enchanted Forest, Cora and Hook hold the compass and prepare to jump into the portal together, but Mary Margaret quickly shoots the compass out of their hands with an arrow. Emma runs to snatch the compass. Hook takes on Emma, while Cora throws balls of fire at Mulan. Emma immediately goes for like the combo sword strike gut kick on Hook, and that is one of the many reasons why I love her. Yeah, she's such Amen. a scrapper. Hook and Emma use swords to fight. After she falls, he drags her down. Mulan ducks the fireballs thrown by Korra, but accidentally swings at the satchel that holds Aurora's heart. The satchel is about to land in the portal before Hook catches it, giving Emma the opportunity to get up off the ground and continue fighting. Hook tosses the satchel over to Mulan, saying that he will not allow a woman to lose her heart unless it's to him. Huh. I bet Mulan thought the same. <laughs> I mean, she... She is just stealing hearts left and right, to be fair, as we've discussed. Mm -hmm. Mulan talks to any woman on the show and and they all have a reaction of, oh. Also, this is the hook we know and love. Exactly. I I was going to say that. This is is our hook. This is our Killian right here. This is the one time in the episode where he is himself. He is, he is a, he's a, he's a sassy man. He's a rapscallion, but he would, he would not allow a woman to. He has a code. He has a code. He has a code. Yeah, no, this is our this was our one moment of hook that we know and love in this episode. Enjoy it, it quickly leaves. Mulan gives her sword to Mary Margaret, letting her know it's enchanted, and leaves to go give Aurora her heart. I love that Snow is just like, run, you beautiful disaster lesbian. Go get your wife. She ships it so much, and so do I. Me too. Oh, I love them. After Hook knocks Emma to the ground. He says he prefers to do more enjoyable activities when a woman is on her back. <sighs> Sir, if that's your go-to position, no wonder why you're still single. Just like, must everything be so pornographic? Keep it in your pants, my dude. Also, it's not even charming, like we discussed. Yeah, it's yeah. not charming in this episode. It usually is charming. It's not charming mm-hmm. in this episode. No, it's mm-hmm. just like, I heard this gross pickup line once in a bar and I'm going to put it in this episode. But the line he said earlier when he's like, I would never let a woman lose her heart except for if it was to me. Like, that's, that's adorable. That's a hook line. Yeah, which is as discussed the one time in the entire episode when we actually get him being himself. Yeah. And then he goes back to being gross and slimy when you were saying like oh it's charming no it's not charming you know and everything i just like i imagine like dallas yeah i imagine like little stickers of him like really frowning like when it's not charming but then like beaming like when it's charming approved our dear charming would overall very much disapprove he would disapprove charming says no to misogyny he says Mm -hmm. no to this charming drinks his respect women juice he does he drinks it every morning a full eight ounces. Part of a balance much balanced breakfast. A full thirty-two ounces. There, there we go. go. I was gonna say eight ounces isn't very much. That's like sixty-four ounces. It's a big gulp. It's a big gulp of it's gotta be a big gulp. Respect say, women juice. Emma then grabs the compass off the ground and hits Hook in the head with it, which enables her to regain her stance. When Hook's sword is lowered, Emma punches him, knocking him unconscious. Now let's go home. And her angry delivery of that line is perfect. And I love Emma Swan so much. 
I know. I love it how she just says it in her best, like, Emma Hulk. Yeah. Emma mad. She's <laughs> over this shit. Now let's go home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. In Storybrooke, Ruby and Henry find Mr. Gold and Regina standing by the well. Henry accuses Regina of not helping, but she counters by saying she's doing what she must to help Henry. Ruby tries to approach, but Gold uses his magic to throw her back, which knocks her out. Henry argues with Regina over who will come through the portal. Regina then says Cora will destroy everything she loves, including Henry. In the present day, Enchanted Forest, Cora and Mary Margaret now face off. Emma swoops in with her sword, but Cora disappears in a cloud of smoke. The two then run to the portal, where Cora reappears. Using her magic, she knocks them both to the ground. Mary Margaret manages to stand up, but Emma is knocked down again. Snow asks why Cora wants to go to Storybrooke, and Cora replies that her daughter needs her. She will also give Regina the one thing she always wanted, Snow's heart. While Cora reaches for her chest, Emma pushes Snow out of the way, taking her place. Cora laughs as her hand now goes into Emma's chest, saying that love is weakness. Cora tries to pull out Emma's heart, but something prevents her. Emma then tells her love is strength, which causes Cora to fly backwards as a oof of white magic kind of explodes out of Emma. God damn, Emma just Sailor Mooned this shit. Hell yeah, she did. I was so excited when this part happened. I had forgot it was actually this early that Emma's white magic first came into play. And I was just like, yes. Yes, it was a very Onigai Ginsui show moment. It was very good. I feel like this was the first like big moment that actually felt like, oh yeah, this is a, this is a mid season finale, at least to me. What was that? Asks the very freaked out Emma. A very proud Mama Snow says, that is a great subject for a discussion when we get home. Emma and Mary Margaret run towards the portal with the compass and jump into its magical water. I appreciate that Emma had a more appropriately realistic reaction than any other magical girl in history. Like, very, very freaked out. (laughs) In Storybrooke, Henry tries to get near the portal, but Regina holds him back. He manages to break free for a second, but she quickly grabs him back again. Henry assures her that Emma and Mary Margaret will come through, and that if she truly wants to change and be better, she should stop trying to prevent them from returning. He pleads that if Regina wants him to have faith in her, she must have faith in him. Regina walks over to the portal and places her hands above the portal, absorbing the energy into herself, causing her to be violently shaken and thrown back. Regina apologizes to Henry, but after that, sees a hand grasping on the well as Emma and Mary Margaret push themselves out of the water. Henry and Emma embrace each other. Mary Margaret asks what happened, and Henry tells her that Regina saved them. A stunned Emma thanks her. Ruby then wakes up as Mr. Gold slinks away. Ruby runs with Mary Margaret to go find David. Emma tells Regina her mother is a piece of work and Regina agrees and welcomes her back. This is one of those, I don't ship Swan Queen, but I can definitely see it parts. Oh yeah, totally. Emma's delivery and the the looks between the two are are so good. Like you can tell Emma definitely has a, a new understanding of Regina and why she is the way she is. I love the your mom's a real piece of work line. Because, like, really what Emma's saying is, 
ah, yes, you too are a survivor in a, in a different way than I am, but I now understand you a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And why you are such a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) I really love this scene. I feel like we're finally at like mid season finale stuff that actually feels like, okay, I like this. I like this. Because like Regina stepping up for Henry and doing the right thing because she believes in him. And then the little family group hug with Emma, Mary, Margaret, and Henry. And the Mary, Margaret, and Ruby hugs. And of course, this excellent exchange between Regina and Emma. Like this is a, this is a nice little scene. I liked it. I'm actually surprised that Mr. Gold didn't even try to stop Regina. He was just like, mm, I guess. <laughs> It's like, I tried really hard to make this happen, but maybe he was hoping that since it looked like it looked like it was difficult and did her a lot of pain. So maybe he was like, well, maybe she'll take herself out trying to undo this thing. And that'll solve one of my problems right there. Fair. (laughs) But then he has to think. That was kind of my idea for why he didn't stop her. He's like, I mean, but then he has to think, oh, shit. Now I have to raise Henry. (laughs) <laughs> well, I guess I have a son now. Yeah. Yay. Yay, we're going to go find your brother. Mary Margaret enters Mr. Gold Pawn Shop, where the dwarves are watching over David. Snow sits beside him on the cot and enacts true love's kiss, waking Charming. You did it, Charming says. Did you ever doubt I would, asks Mary Margaret. No, says David, as they kiss passionately before he adds, though the burning red room did give me pause. These two, my fucking God. Ugly tears running down my goddamn cheeks. Yeah. These two beautiful idiots in love. I just can't. Can't, can't. Can't, 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 can't. I love them and their love so, so much. And I I just love the mirror of True Love's kiss from the pilot and even the play on the, like, the glass coffin did give me pause. And the way they look at each other. I know. This was the best part of this episode. Oh, absolutely. As far as I was concerned. Absolutely. That was so good. That was wonderful. Gave me, gave me so many feelings in my heart. I cry. Emma leaves the scene to go talk to Mr. Gold in the front of the shop. She asks him about the scroll and why he didn't just use the ink to escape. Mr. Gold tells her he was exactly where he wanted to be. Emma is under the impression that Mr. Gold made her, but he scoffs at this saying he made the curse and merely took advantage of what Emma is, the product of true love. That's why you're powerful, Gold adds, and everything you've done, you've done yourself. Then Emma asks why Cora couldn't rip out her heart and was blasted away by something inside of her. Mr. Gold replies that that is her own magic. Whatever that was, I didn't do it. You did. Uncle Stiltskin is so proud of you, Emma. Good for you, having your own magic to repel that mean, nasty Cora. He also hopes you don't find out that he tried to make you collateral damage in his quest to murder Cora. Eh, you know, having crossed with Cora, I can honestly say I think Emma would get it. Like, she probably would have done the same to him to protect Henry. And it's also in this scene where he does, he hints at, like, the reason of why he wrote her name down, because he says... Just wanted to make sure it's it stuck because remember, it's when Emma came to town and she says her name that that's when he wakes up from the curse. Oh, oh, I didn't put that together. What did you say, Lynn? I said, oh no, she's having a full episode over there. (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, that's that's why is because he. It, I didn't it, realize that was the trigger that woke him up. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. Because remember, that's why he kept saying Emma, Emma, yeah. Emma. You know, because he wanted to remember it and make sure that yeah, like it was a almost like a Pavlovian response. You know, that he would wake up when she arrived and she said her name. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. I stand yeah. by my. He could have been a bit less Jack Torrance about it. <laughs> I, you know, but then he wouldn't be Rumpelstiltskin. And I mean, that's true. Yeah. Just writing over and over again, Emma, but not in a creepy way. Emma. <laughs> and Emma, man, but not to make it weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if that was CGI or if that was somebody's real like calligraphy, but that was it looked really, real, like, it was real calligraphy. That's what great. I thought. And yeah. I was like, wow, that is really nice, fancy handwriting. Yeah, like some that. poor bastard legitimately had to sit there and write that <laughs> over and over again for it to be shown like for two seconds on screen. <laughs> it looked really nice. It did. In the present Enchanted Forest, Mulan nervously holds up Aurora's heart and inserts it back into Aurora, who thanks her. Aurora tells her about what Cora said and how Philip's soul isn't lost forever and that it can be brought back. Mulan then agrees that together they will find him. Big thruple energy coming at you. Also, can we talk about how suggestive the first part of this scene is? My God. Oh, it, it, it definitely felt like an allegory for something else. Like it was, it was innuendo for sure. But also, God, like no offense to Philip, he's very pretty. But screw Philip, you don't need him. Come on now, no. ladies. My head, this whole scene was just like kiss, now kiss. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's a meme. <laughs> now no kiss. kiss. <laughs> like okay, okay, go and try to save Philip. He's nice, but but also kiss. Also yeah. kiss. Yeah, it's like a. Sebastian's cute little song of kiss the girl like you have to kiss the girl go on honey (laughs) they need Sebastian in the corner singing a a, a catchy little number they do (laughs) just being like hey I was a crab five minutes ago and now I'm here and I'm a dude (laughs) because that's how it works on this show it's how it works on this show meanwhile Cora and Hook await by Lake Nostros but the portal is closed she tells Hook that they failed but Hook shows her the petrified bean Cora says that it's useless, but Hook reminds her that the lake has restorative powers and perhaps it's time to do some gardening. In Storybrooke, Henry hugs Regina, telling her that she has changed. They cuddle for a moment when the rest of the group asks Henry if he wants to get a bite to eat with them at Granny's. He leaves Regina and walks away with Emma. Mr. Gold taunts Regina, saying, Congratulations, you just reunited mother and son. Perhaps one day, Phil invites you to dinner. Regina's eyes fill with tears. Rumble, can you go like five minutes without being a prick? Nah, he's got us for the pot. Make Regina feel bad for actually doing something good for once, so she'll backslide and then join him on team out for number one again. He, he gets on. Yeah, that's true. The recently reunited group stroll down Storybrooke's main street, laughing and hugging. There's no way grannies can seat that many people. Oh, sure it can. They can put tables together or take up a couple of booths. Now someone's going to have to awkwardly stand outside eating their sandwich. In the distance, a private ship can be seen parting the gloomy fog. On the ship, Cora and Captain Hook sail towards Storybrooke. End credits! I just love that Killian is so extra. He's like, I gotta bring my ship too through. Like, I can't go without my ship. Let me just go 
get that and shove it casually get a yeah he probably 18th century man of war he could have probably like they probably would have been there like hours earlier if he hadn't been like no i need my boat i need my boat not going if i can't take my my boat boat. you don't get it you don't know man's boat's sacred very it's very special to him my ship that i love like a woman (laughs) so this episode was the was the mid-season finale of the season and while it does have some great mid-season finale moments, this one seems to be a little bit on the smaller scale than the future mid-season finales we will get in other seasons. Because those really do seem like full-blown finales. However, you know, this one we do get some great moments here. Standouts for me are Emma's struggles with realizing how much of her life was planned before she was born and, and feeling her own sense of self slip away. But then finding it again by, you know, risking her life to save her mother and and coming into her own white magic. Also, Aurora's bravery to give their others their best chance and and getting to see how much Mulan truly cares about her. And that that's such a romantic moment of Mulan literally giving Aurora her heart back. It was just like True Love's Kiss. It was really lovely. Wish it was actually True Love's Kiss, but you know, they're still getting to know each other. And and we have Philip, but Yeah, we have Philip. <laughs> mm. I, I do like Philip. I do like Philip. It's just Mulan and Aurora just the there's so much is very there. cute there's so much to there was so much there was. he's a there. beard like <laughs> yeah yeah he is literally like okay yeah Philip's actor is very cute but like he's in the show for like two minutes and he does absolutely nothing like forget him let's move on <laughs> all he did was beef it <laughs> let's oh, move on guy. he's history he's history <laughs> we've moved on we've moved on Mulan's here and she is sorry Philip way hotter than you I also really loved Snow never giving up hope and and her waking up charming with True Love's Kiss and the way they look at each other. So wonderful. And then there's also Regina struggling with actually actually wanting to give Snow and Emma a chance to come back for Henry and ultimately defying gold and saving the day and Henry being so proud and and Regina having this like perfect storm of emotions uh, because she's you know, grateful to have Henry's affection, but then also feels torn apart from everything. But like, this is a bed that she made and just, it's really well done. And and Lana absolutely killed it, especially with that last scene in the pawn shop. It just, it was great. We talked about it a lot, but this is a really interesting one for Hook because he's been an antagonist, but not really a villain. And they really ramped up the villainy here. And made him skeezy they made him skeezy it wasn't it wasn't the same kind of charm flirtation that we've seen before did they just don't think that he was a threat enough so they have him like backhand an unarmed lady and then going for the killing move like i feel like a lot of it honestly comes down to what you said before and there's just a huge difference in him being written as what a woman knows a woman would want yeah and a man writing what he thinks a woman would want yeah Yeah. just an ocean of difference between those two things yeah, because like the only the only motivation I see here is is because of her association with his crocodile, but it still does not check out for his character that he would try to kill her unless she was like threatening him, like like he had like he has his code, right? So I'm not into the way Hook was written in this episode, but I think that the main thing that I liked about this episode is that there's been this thread this this whole time of Rumpelstiltskin pulling the threads from behind, like he is controlling things from behind the scenes. And Emma has this crashing realization about it in this episode that, Mm -hmm. like, just a lot of people haven't, like, really realized yet. 
And then we have Emma, like, you know, defying the path that was set in front of her as like a one-time savior, having this brand new power born from within her. And like that moment where Cora can't rip the heart from Emma's chest is so triumphant. She saves, like, she saves her mom with the power of love. She has her own magic that's different than like what we've seen until now. And she is, she is something new that cannot be predicted and cannot be prophesized. And she has that power back in her life. And I like that part of this episode. I thought that was good. <laughs> I echo everything that you just said. <laughs> uh, I feel bad. Like you like really plan this out and me and Chella are over here being like, yeah. Yeah, did like, what, uh What she said. What she said, yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> my thoughts exactly. Then my thoughts are appreciated. They are. I mean, you wrote them out so wonderfully and I'm just like, I, I would only be an like I'm just an echo chamber yeah with everything that you've said so yeah I feel like I'm just like I'm the dumb dumb sheriff from the bad blood episode of (laughs) x-files isn't that like Owen Wilson no it's Luke Wilson Luke Wilson that's it it's yeah because it's it's the he should said she said episode yeah like when Scully tells it he's like you know he's very suave super handsome and then when Mulder tells it, he has like these big fuck teeth and he just speaks like in this hick voice. It's just like, yeah, what she said, that's what I'm thinking about like everything Scully says. <laughs> and that's, I feel like the level I'm at right now is I'm like, just over here being Luke Wilson with buck teeth. <laughs> uh, well, then I think we can move on to costumes. Hey, so Regina's first costume is the return of the, the stretch velvet or stretch floor and the big hair and it's so 80s and it kind of brought me out of the scene a little bit because it just was so disconnected from the fantasy setting but made me believe in magical backhoes <laughs> dump trucks or whatever those things are called uh, you're, you're a backhoe <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, is that what the up. kids are calling it these days? <laughs> what are this? What is it called? Back, no, not a backhoe. No, you is, know, that's it, it, that's it, a it very a mean thing to call your soon-to-be wife. I know, right? <gasps> she is calling me a backhoe. I would never call you a backhoe. <laughs> you just did six times. No, <laughs> no, that's what Charming and Lancelot need to save Charming's mom. Are you calling like Charming's mom a backhoe? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna need a backhoe to dig yourself out of this one. Yeah. But anyways, that that <laughs> that dress didn't work for me. I mean, it's it, I feel like that look is still very it's very evil Queen Regina, and they always return to it. But like, it's very something. Very something. I just I just uh, I love when they go the other direction, like the high fantasy direction with Regina on her evil queen outfits. Just always make me happier than the stretch stretch velvet. So. I'm confused about my feelings on Chorus Queen of Hearts dress. Like, I like it, but I don't. Like, I, I, I especially like the fitted top area. And even though I am a bitch who loves side panniers, but I don't know, maybe it's the way the skirt lays, like when it when she sits. I don't know. I can't describe like what the, what's off about the dress that bothers me but I oh man that burial outfit that she has oh it's so goth and glam I love it so much and it's maybe a controversial opinion I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know how loved this costume is but Regina's morning getup is amazing it is definitely like one of my top 
Regina outfits so far that I love. Like she looks very much like Mana or like an 80s gothic rock star. And like the feathers actually make sense in this outfit and they don't detract. Yeah, the feathers make sense because she's like, she has that like bird crown with like mm-hmm. the, the beak on her like widow's peak looking. Yeah, beak. she's like a like a morning raven. Yeah, so it's really on theme and I... I, I did I did like it I liked it I don't care if it's unpopular I like Cora's Queen of Hearts dress I thought it looked really cool what I didn't like was the return of the stretch velour 80s getup which we've discussed I never want to see that or that hair ever again <laughs> those are my opinions they're bad burn them both yeah I, I liked I like both the Cora's looks this episode like it's hard to have a bad Cora look I don't think there has been a bad one so far Mm-mm. she has some of the best dresses on the show she absolutely uh, does. I'm sure it's in Barbara Hershey's contract. She's a goddamn legend and she ought to be treated as such. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of which, it's time to play Who's That Guest Star? What goddamn legend is our guest star? <laughs> I know what goddamn <laughs> legend is our guest star now. Which we talk about goddamn legends and recurring cast members and guest stars. In season two, episode nine, we have Paul Lazenby as Claude. <laughs> you don't remember Claude? <laughs> you just killed him. <laughs> On the stairwell. I like playing Yahtzee with him every Friday. <laughs> he always lets me win. He has two darling children. Now I have to <laughs> fucking take care of them for the rest of their life and pay his widow a pension. <laughs> you don't know how complicated he's made things for me. Paul Lazenby as Claude. Though Lazenby only appears as the corpse of poor ill-fated Claude, this Canadian actor and stuntman deserves a big shout out for his dozens upon dozens of roles in such titles as Stargate SG-1, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, The 100, Mech X-4, Supergirl, Paper Champions, Riverdale, and Supernatural. He served as a stuntman in TV, film, and video games with credits in titles such as Andromeda, The Chronicles of Riddick, The Tomorrow People, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, The Lord of the Rings, The Battle for Middle-Earth, and Supernatural. Fun fact, this will not be his only appearance on Once Upon a Time as Claude. I'm very excited about that, honestly. <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited. Too. Uh, that's going to be our favorite. When it comes back, we're like, yeah, Claude. Claude. You remember Claude, right? <laughs> you killed him on the staircase. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a trip down Once Upon a Timeline. So this one's a little loose, but but we can pinpoint it to happening around a few episodes. So first, we know this episode follows season one, episode 17, Hat Trick, as Regina has already left Jefferson behind in Wonderland and stolen his hat. We also know Regina is preparing to cast the Dark Curse in the beginning of the episode, and we end these flashbacks with her having cast it. So the events of this are parallel to both the flashbacks in the second half of season one, episode one pilot, and the flashbacks in season one, episode two, the thing you love most, which focus on Regina casting the dark curse. And finally, it is also parallel to the flashbacks in season one, episode 20, the stranger, which also sees them casting the dark curse as we have seen these moments from multiple perspectives so far. All right. Next time on Once Upon a Rewatch, Regina is accused of murdering one of the town's most beloved residents, but only Emma senses that she may be innocent. Meanwhile, back in the fairy tale land that was, 
Snow White and Prince Charming set about planning the public execution of evil Queen Regina in order to rid the land of her murderous tyranny. Thank you for tuning in to Once Upon a Rewatch. We are the Narrators 3. The moral of this episode is, if it ain't broke, don't fuck it up. We mean hook. Don't, don't fuck him up. I don't, I don't want to see more of this. You can find us on anchor.fm slash once upon a rewatch. Talk fairy tales with us on Twitter at once upon rewatch. On Instagram at once upon rewatch. On Tumblr at once upon a rewatch If you enjoy Once Upon a Rewatch, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on your platform of choice. Our artwork for the podcast was done by Laichi Ruru. That's L-A-I-C-H-I-R-U-R-U at twitter.com. This podcast uses material from episode-specific pages on the Once Upon a Time wiki at Fandom and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license. And we want to say a very special thank you to the master of free music, Kevin McLeod. Our intro music is Frost Waltz, and our outro music is Fairytale Waltz. And remember, all plot devices come with a price. Into itself. Whoa. Close. Oh, something just... Hi, Merlin. <laughs> you okay? You're having what a happened? Did she fall asleep on the cat tree and fall off of it again? She fell asleep on the shelf on your desk and fell off of it.